on, come on. Can you give Jesus a shout of praise in this place? Come on, he's the real reason why we showed up today. Come on, church, you can do better than that. Lift up a shout of praise and lift up a heart of expectation. The God of the universe is in the room today. And listen, we might have flown all the way from California, but it doesn't matter if we walk into the room because I don't have the power to heal you. But when Jesus enters into the room, everything in your life can change. Come on, your marriage can become restored. Your children can come back to God. Your body can be healed. Your mind can be restored. My Bible says that he will do exceedingly, abundantly beyond what we can ask, think, or imagine. Is there anybody in the house of God that came with expectation today? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Look at your neighbor, say, neighbor, it's about to go down. Look at your other neighbor, say, other neighbor, God's about to wreck your life. All right, would you just remain standing for a second? I know you got this white boy in the pulpit, but I promise I'm going to preach today. So, so I need you to preach back at me, okay? I tell the youth I'm a hollaback preacher. So when I preach, you've got to, so you can say amen. Hallelujah. Preach it, white boy. You can say whatever you got to say. Just say something to me, okay? I, uh, I, I'm just so honored to be here in God's house today. I believe that the Lord has a word for you today. I just wanted to honor Pastor Eric and Pastor Tatiana here today. Can you guys put your hands together for them stewarding this move of God? I know you're new here, but I just sense that there's such an anointing on your life, on your marriage, and I believe that this is the step. As we're stepping into a new year, there's a new season of elevation and influence, and I believe, I just looked out at this room, and I just held, I felt the Lord say, this room will not be able to contain what God is about to do in this ministry. And I really encourage you, if you haven't gotten a moment to connect with them or get to know them yet, please make sure that you pursue them. Not all at once, because there's only two of them. Uh, but there's, there's something that happens when we honor, when we honor up, the anointing flows down. Just like in the Old Testament, the, the oil of anointing would flow from the head down. And I believe that as pastor and pastora, the anointing comes from them, flows down to the head, and it flows down to us. And we receive the blessing as we come into alignment with what God is doing in this house. Amen? Amen. Well, I've got a word for you today, and I, I feel like it couldn't be any more in alignment with what we were just singing. In fact, I want to bring you to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. It says this. It says, for, the re for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches... He may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. This is a prayer you got to receive over your life this year. It says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through what? Through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power. Somebody say power. Together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses all knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Anybody want to be filled with the fullness of the Godhead? Then he says this. In verse 20, now to him, somebody say to him, 
who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power, not my power, not your power, but according to his power that's at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and ever. And the church said, amen and amen and amen. I believe that in 2024, God wants to release more over your life. And so I want to preach a message this morning titled, The God of Immeasurably more. So I want you to do this on your way to your seats. I want you to high five seven people and tell them God has more in store for you. Go ahead and tell somebody God has more in store for you. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, good morning, church. Are y'all are y'all ready for the new year? It's, it's been an incredible start. I, just before we get into the message, I wanted to introduce my wife is here. Would you, Trent, stand up for a second? Just say hi to everybody. My beautiful wife is here. And uh, I wouldn't be the man I am without her. And uh, every good husband can say amen in Jesus' name. We know uh, there's a better half. We, uh, we've had an amazing year in 2023. A few months ago, we actually had the privilege of getting to watch our two nephews for two weeks. Parents, that's a gift. Y'all know, if you got somebody in your life that can watch your kids for two weeks, that's, that's a gift from God. We watched our nephews for two weeks because my brother-in-law, Trin's brother, uh, he's actually the executive pastor at our church, and I couldn't give him a raise, but I said, you know what I can do? I can watch your boys, and you can go off to Europe for two weeks. And so they, they got to go on a cruise for two weeks in Europe and got to tra travel abroad, and we watched a two-year-old and a four-year-old for about 15 to 16 days. And let me tell you, it was quite a two weeks. We were counting down the days from day one. We, I'm kidding. We really, we love these boys. Their name are Canaan and Judah, and they're incredible. We love them so much, but two weeks is a long time, y'all. And, and so we realized that, you know, we had to have some structure in the house if we were going to handle these two boys. Parents, you know, structure equals freedom, okay? If you, if you set up a system, they'll follow it. And so we made sure that every day when they would come home from school, we would kind of go through the same structure. They take their shoes off, they put their book bags away, they get ready for dinner. And in between, the time they came home from school and they would have dinner, they would always be asking us this question over and over and over. They say, uncle, can I have a treat? Now, here's what I learned in watching these two boys, because we don't have kids yet of our own. And so we're, we're learning some of these new things ourselves. What we found out is that I, they would ask me for a treat. And I say, yeah, sure. You can go ahead and get a bag of chips from the pantry. They say, that's not a treat, uncle. That's a snack. Did you know there's a difference? Kids will teach you this. Treats is like Sour Patch Kids, candy, chocolate. Snacks are like the salty, savory things. And so I said, Uncle, I want a treat. I said, okay, go to the pantry. And we stocked our pantry full of snacks and treats for these boys for the two weeks that we had them. Now, what I didn't realize is that it was a mistake letting them go to the pantry themselves to pick out their own treats because as soon as they went into the pantry, they saw everything that was available. Now they were limited to one treat at a time, 
But as soon as they finished that treat, it was like they inhaled it. It was gone in under a second. They come right up to me 30 seconds later. Uncle, can I have another treat? So you just had one. But, but they saw everything that was available in the pantry. And because they realized what was available, they weren't afraid to ask for it. Oh, I'm already preaching. You see, when you know what God has available for your life, you're not afraid to walk up to your heavenly father and say, I need healing for my body. I need restoration for my soul. And you know what I realized? These kids, they were just asking based on what they knew was made available to them. And I've realized this in our lives with our Heavenly Father is that many of us, we're living a less than Christian life simply because we don't know what God has made available to us. Today, I want to open the door to heaven's pantry. Today, I want to reveal to you the promises that God has for you because here's what some of us experience in 2023. We limited the size of God in our lives due to the level of our own expectation of what he could do in our lives. You know, your prayers are often a, a good sign of the level of your faith. The type of prayers you pray. Come on, there was a season in your life where you prayed some crazy prayers. Come on, before you, you know, went through that heartbreak, before you lost that job, before you experienced that letdown, you had crazy faith. But when you go through life, and you experience disappointments, you walk through discouragement, I think that what ends up happening is we allow the disappointments of life to determine the level of our faith. The Bible says this, without faith, it's impossible to please God. God is not pleased by your need. He's not pleased by what you do. He's pleased by what you believe. Listen, you could do all the right things, and if you believe the wrong thing, doing all the right things don't matter to God. You could show up to church every single Sunday, but if you don't actually believe that God is in the room and that when you come in the name of Jesus, everything can change in your life, it doesn't matter. Going through the motions doesn't save you. Come on, parents, you know this for your kids. You don't want them just to come to church because that's what they're told to do. You want them to come to church because that's what they want to do. And when they realize that the same faith their mommy and daddy has, they can have in their own life, they'll begin to step out of the normal and into the supernatural. Come on, anybody believing for a next generation that's in revival? But it all starts with what we expect from God. See, I think that the devil's tried to get you in survival mode to where you're just surviving through life and you're not asking for anything that's immeasurably more. We're simply asking for enough. But I came to tell you today, you don't, you don't serve a God of survival mode. You serve a God that wants to give you uh, promises and purpose and destiny. He wants to give you immeasurably more than you could ask, think, or imagine. Can the church say amen? Somebody say, I want more. Verse 20 in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Why does he say that? God is able. Because we know that he is able to bless us. The question is, is he willing? Does God truly intend 
for the immeasurably more in my life? Or, or is he on the fence? I came to tell you that not only is God able, but he's willing. He desires to bless you this year. He wants to give you more in 2024. But it is a requirement that when you come to the God who is able, you come with expectation. And I have three questions for you this morning as we discuss the God of immeasurably more. We know that God is able, but my first question for you today is this. If God is able, can you imagine? Somebody say, can you imagine? You know what I love about kids? They haven't lost their imagination yet. Come on, you, you, you dress up your kids for Halloween or they put on that outfit. They put on that Spider-Man outfit or that Superman outfit. They really believe they're Spider-Man. They, they'll walk around, they'll do all the, the little things. And, you know, in the mall, they don't care about what people think about them. They care about what they think about them. Kids, they, they have this wild imagination. They're, they're free to believe because they haven't been discouraged by life yet. And, and I want to remind you, you used to have an imagination like that. Do you remember when you used to believe for more over your life? Remember when you used to expect greater things over your marriage? Come on, some of you, you used to imagine a greater future for your family. But you walked through some failure. Maybe your marriage failed. Maybe your kids walked away. And, and, and that expectation you once had has now led to a place of settling for survival. But I want to remind you that God placed that imagination inside of your heart. Some of you, you used to imagine a calling, a career that would be a catalyst to change the world, but now you've settled for just a regular job. And you may be working your regular job, but I want you to know that even in your job, you're anointed with the name and the power of Jesus Christ. You can make a difference in the world around you, but it's all dependent on whether you believe that God is able to do immeasurably more through you. Come on, some of you used to imagine a life of fulfillment. You used to imagine that with God, anything was possible. Come on, maybe some of you, you grew up in youth group and you would lift your hands at the altar and believe that God could do it. And somewhere oh, in your journey, you've lost that expectation. What happened to your imagination? Look at what Jesus says in Luke chapter 18. It says, Jesus called the children to himself and said, let the children come to me and don't hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to them. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter into it. Listen, there's a difference between being childish and childlike. Come on. Paul said, I put away childish things when I became a man. But Jesus said, even though you're not childish, I want you to be childlike. I want you to have that untainted faith, that faith that believes that anything is possible. Webster's, definitionary, uh, Webster's dictionary definition of imagination is this. The act or power of forming a mental image of something that is not present to the senses or never before wholly perceived in reality. Where is your imagination? When did you stop believing that God could do greater things in your life? Listen, if God is able to do immeasurably more than you imagine... What does the size of God in your life say about the size of your faith? You ever met somebody who they've always got a testimony of God doing something in their life? And you're like, 
hey, I don't know if that was God. I think that was just coincidence. But you can't talk them out of that. Why? Because they believe that wherever they go, God goes with them. Whatever doors open, God opened it for them. I would rather be that person than the cynic and the skeptic that stands in the background wondering if God is at work in their life. And I came to prophesy over you. God is at work in the background whether you see it or not. And when you begin to realize that God is working on your behalf, your life will be full of God. But I wonder if you can look at your life and see what's the size of your God right now? Have you been praying dangerous prayers? Because all throughout the scriptures, the people who changed the world were people who prayed dangerous prayers. I wrote a book, actually, just this past week it was released. It's called How to Become a Prayer Warrior. And the reason why I wrote this book was because I believe that God has called you to change the world. But the way that you change the world is not through your own efforts, through your strategy or your wisdom. The Bible says this, not by might and not by power, but by the Spirit of God. And when you become a prayer warrior, you realize that things shift in the Spirit when you surrender your life to Jesus. People throughout the Scripture who prayed dangerous prayers were the people that changed the world. But what I think the enemy has done is the enemy has tried to imprison your imagination. And we see this even from a young age. The enemy has been after your imagination. And he has perverted and distorted it to get you to believe that imagination is something that leads to sin. He got you stuck in, your, in pornography when you were 12 years old. And he distorted and he perverted your imagination. He got you caught up in media and entertainment and the real housewives of dot, dot, dot. And now he's distorted and twisted your imagination for what your life is supposed to be. But I want you to know this. The Spirit of God wants to sanctify and redeem and restore God-given imagination. The Bible says that in the end days, in the last times, he will give dreams and visions to his people. I want you to know that you and I, were living in the manifestation of God-given imagination. Inventors, creators, all throughout history, so many of the men and women that invented the very things that we enjoy today were people who believed that the Spirit of God was on the inside of them. And if God was a creator, I could create as well. If God was inspired, I could be inspired as well. You and I were living in a world that's the manifestation of God-imagination. And I want to challenge you this year. Get your imagination back. Believe again. Somebody say believe again. You've got to believe again. You've got to dream again. Some of you, you stopped dreaming because your dreams led to dead ends. But I want you to know that God takes everything. My Bible says this. He will work it together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God can take even a dead dream and a resurrected from the, from the grave. God wants to breathe life over your imagination. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine if God is able. Can you imagine, but will you ask? Somebody say, will you ask? I don't know about you, but I grew up with a mama who taught me how to ask for things. 
I, I, I've never seen somebody in my life get more free stuff than my own mother. This woman, she is bold, man. She'll walk into any store, any customer service line, and she will get something for free everywhere she goes. I don't know how she does it, but she's bold. She, she's in a little Italian woman, but you, don't mess with her. I'm telling you right now, she will get what she wants, and she won't take no for an answer. And she taught me, she would say this to me as a young man. She'd say, Jared, you'll never know unless you ask. Well, well, they won't give me that room, that upgrade at that hotel. She'll say, Jared, you'll never know unless you The worst thing they could say is no, but when you don't take no for an answer, listen, you're going to get what you ask for. My mama taught me, you got to ask for what you're expecting. And I realized this in life, that there are so many things that are available, but simply because you and I don't ask for them, we never experience them. And I think the reason why we don't ask is because we're a little afraid or embarrassed to ask. We don't want to put anybody in uncomfortable situations. But you know what the Bible says? That if you are unwilling to ask for what you need from God, you will live on the side of the road settling for survival. But those who are bold enough to come to the throne of God and say, I need something from you right now, will experience the promises that God has in store for your life. My pantry was full of snacks and treats. But it wasn't until they came to ask. They could imagine. Oh, they had an imagination for all the snacks that they could have. But until they asked uncle for the snack, they weren't going to experience what they imagined for. If you never ask and expect for what you imagine, the Bible tells us this is what's going to happen. You will become heartsick and hopeless. Look at what the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 12. It says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. You and I have bought into this bad theology of God that we don't believe he wants to do anything good for our lives because you had an abusive father or you had somebody in your life that held back good things from you, or you have people around you that are competing and jockeying for jobs and careers and promotions, you have projected your bad ideas about God onto Jesus. And I want you to know this. God is a good God who gives good gifts to the kids that he loves, and God loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. But because you don't believe it, you never come before him and ask with boldness. We act like paupers when God has called us princes and princesses in the kingdom of God. The Bible says that you, if you are a son or daughter of God, you are an heir with Christ. You rule and reign. And you're saying, Pastor, you don't know my life, man. I'll rule and reign anywhere. I'm struggling in my job. My boss is always on me. I don't have control over anything. I want you to know the Bible says you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You got the greatest promotion you're ever going to get. You got the greatest power and authority. And if you knew who you were, you wouldn't be afraid to come before your heavenly father and ask for what you need. I came to jolt you with faith today. 
Because some of you, I can see it in the spirit. Some of you have settled into this slump spiritually where you've accepted where you are and that's not where God wants you to be. My Bible says he will take you from glory to glory to glory to glory. Hey, it may not be perfect. I might walk through pain, but my God made promises over my life. Somebody say, I want more. Abraham prayed and asked for an inheritance and God answered and made him a father of many nations. Elijah prayed and asked God to prove himself and fire fell from heaven on Mount Carmel. Joshua prayed that the sun would stand still and so his enemies would be destroyed. And for the first time and maybe the last time in history, God held the sun in place so they could have victory. Esther prayed for her nation's protection and God sent Haman to the gallows instead of Esther. Peter prayed for the strength of the Holy Spirit and God shook the building with the early church. And I believe that Alpha and Omega, the English service, is going to pray bold prayers in 2024 and God's going to shake this city. God's going to shake this nation. You're going to change the world. If you would come before the throne of God and ask for what you need, he will answer. Somebody say, I want more. 2024 will be the year of more if you learn how to pray with faith. That's why I wrote this book. That's why, that's why I wrote this. It's, it's not a, I'll be honest, it's not a very sexy book. It's not a very really flashy book. But this book will change your life. Why? It, I literally give you 14 different forms of prayer in this book. At the end of every chapter, practical applications to start praying right now. Why? Because if you don't know how to pray with faith, you'll never experience the promises of God. But when God's people, the Bible says this, if my people who are called by name, my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will answer and I will heal their nation. Come on, how many of you believe that God is going to heal this nation? He's going to answer our prayers. He's going to do a mighty work in the United States of America, in Miami, Florida, and across this country. But will you ask? Can you imagine? I love that song we sang. Can you imagine the God of immeasurably more? And when you imagine, you begin to ask, but, but there's a caveat. There's, there's a requirement here that Paul sandwiches in the scripture that many of you and I, we miss because we want the blessings from God. But in order to experience the blessings from God, you need to be a part of what God is building. I want to read this to you again because I think many of us, we, we miss the context to the promises that God makes in this passage. But there is a strategy in which God releases his spirit and his provision and his power. And I want to read it to you again from verse 10 in Ephesians chapter 3. It says this, for this reason, I kneel before the Father... His intent, now pause, go to the next, next slide. It says, for his intent was that now through the church, verse 10. Do we got verse 10, verse 10? In Jesus' name. Whoa! Let's go. It says, his intent. I want to pause there. When you understand the intention of God, you can, be, you can begin to experience the blessing of God. But you can't experience the blessing until you know how 
He wants to bless you. God has a will for your life. I know you made plans for your new year. I know you, you, you got all these ideas and strategies for your business. I know you've got things that you've set out for your family and vacations planned. All that's great, but I want you to know, get ready to submit your plans to the God who orders your steps. Because God may just come in with a wrecking ball. But my Bible says, for I know the plans I have for you. Good plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. So when it says his intent, we should listen and pay attention to his intention. It says, his intent was that now, through the, say it loud, through the, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings, which are for your glory. And then we pick up in verse 14 again. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he will strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and grounded in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now look at this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Verse 21. To him be the glory, say it with me, in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Worship team, you guys can come back up. I asked you, can you imagine? And I asked you, will you ask? But my final question for you is this this morning. Are you in? Are you in or are you out? A few years ago, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a massive uh, controversy that happened in the stock market. There was a company called GameStop. Y'all know what GameStop is? It's where you get video games and stuff. And, and this company was failing. And because it was failing, there were a lot of people in the stock world that had bought stocks or they basically bet against this company because when a company is failing, there's still a way to make money off of that. And so they bet against GameStop. And as it was failing, these people were making millions and millions of dollars. But there was this online community of gamers that were kind of frustrated that GameStop was failing and people were profiting off of its failure. So you know what this online community did? They decided to rally around GameStop and start buying up stock like crazy. And it was wild. The stock that was plummeting started to peak and climb. And for the first time in years, this company that was doomed to fail looked like it was blowing up out of nowhere. And it made a lot of people angry because the people who were profiting off of its failure started to lose money and all the wrong people online started to make a lot of money. Video gamers who had like $10 to their name started making millions of dollars. It was wild. And I remember seeing it on the news and thinking, I want to get on in on this action. 
I want to make some money on this. And so it was about three days after all of this happened, and I went on one of the apps, and I got an account, and then I had to wait for it to get approved, and then finally it got approved, and then I decided to buy the GameStop stock, but it was about five days after the whole stock started to rally. And while I made like maybe $25, I didn't make the money that the people that were early invested made. I wanted the blessings without being a part of the building stage. And I think you and I, we hear about this God who can bless us exceedingly, abundantly, immeasurably more than we could ask, think, or imagine. Oh, I want that. Can I get some of that? And so we try to buy our way in and we try to leech off of the blessing, but there's a strategy in which God releases his blessings to his people. And we read it together. It said that God will reveal it in the church and through the church. Let me say it like this. In order to share in God's blessings, you must have stock in what God is building. And I want you to know this, while God has given you a personal assignment, maybe for your family, for your business, and for your life, all of that is incredible. There is really only one thing that God is building in the earth, and that is his church. Jesus said to Peter in Matthew chapter 16, he says, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The authority that God wants to give you is not in yourself. It is in his body, in what he is building, called the church of Jesus Christ. And thank God you're sitting in it this morning. Thank God you're a part of this heavenly family. But I want you to know something. Sitting in the seat is not God's destiny for your life. If you want to have stock in what God is building to experience what God is blessing, you need to get involved. And my question for you today is this, are you in or are you on the fence? This is the year that God is going to do immeasurably more in this ministry, in your life, and in your family. But it's going to happen if you make a decision to be involved in what God is doing in the earth. It happens in His church and through His church. And some of you, you've been asking God, what's my calling in life? And you know where He's going to reveal your calling in life? is when you step into a place of serving others and loving on the people around you. He'll give you a burden that you never had before. And I want to encourage you in just a few weeks, Growth Track is starting here at Alpha and Omega English. And if you haven't got involved yet, if you haven't started serving, if you haven't started giving, you need to get involved now. You should start signing up today as you leave these doors. You say, I'm going to make a decision. I'm not going to let 2024 be like 2023. Listen, we can make plans and resolutions, but until you make a decision, things will never be different. But God is asking you this today. I'm able, but are you in? I'll do immeasurably more, but are you in? And that's my question and my challenge to you today. 
Listen, God says, I'll open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out blessings financially that you cannot contain. But he made a requirement. What did he say first? Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven. God wants to bless you, but you got to be a part of what God is building. I want you to stand to your feet this morning as we close. I want you to know it's time to imagine more. It's time to ask for more, but most importantly, it's time to step in for more. It's time to start serving others. Listen, some of you, you've been a Christian for a long time and you've been sitting in the seats and that's great, but now God wants you to step into a higher level of destiny. Some of you right now, you've got kids that aren't in church. You need to start bringing them to youth ministry, dropping them off. Oh, well, I don't know if they're going to like it. I was here on Friday night. I promise they're going to like it. Some of you, you come to church every Sunday, but you don't tithe and you don't give. And I want you to know God loves you, but he wants to bless you. And he wants to do so when you trust him with what you have and say, I'm going to have stock in what God has built. I'm investing in the kingdom of God. I may have stock in IBM and Apple and Google, but you know what I got stock in? The kingdom of heaven, a kingdom that cannot be shaken, that nothing formed against it shall prosper. Is there anybody in the house of God that's ready for more in 2024? Come on, lift your hands in this place right now. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I release an anointing over this house. God, I pray right now, would you begin to shift the hearts of your people, God, towards the house of God, that they wouldn't sit on the sidelines and settle for survival mode, but God, they would jump in to everything you have for them. And right now, I declare in the mighty name of Jesus that you will do immense measurably beyond what we could ask, think, or imagine in Jesus' name. And if you believe that, give God 10, 10 seconds of praise in this place.